we, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Well, welcome and greetings to friends and, and fellow citizens to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. I'm the host of this show. I'm also the president of the We the People Convention, and that uh, organization is who funds this radio show and this podcast. And I want to thank all of our donors to the We the People Convention, and you can donate at wethepeopleconvention.org, whose money has funded this five-station radio network, if you're listening on the radio on Saturday mornings in Ohio. Welcome to all of you, and has funded our website and our emails and our text messages and our podcasts and our travel and everything else. Thanks to all of you who donate to the We the People Convention. We greatly appreciate it. We couldn't fight this fight without you. This uh, this show is being released on uh, Friday, September 11th, 2020. And uh, you know, we all are listening to this show, know what happened. We remember it. We still are feeling the, the you know, effects of what happened on 9-11 uh, when our country was attacked uh, by Middle Eastern terrorists. And, uh, you know, that caused a ripple effect that is with us still today, uh, even as we have troops still serving in Afghanistan and Iraq, though uh, President Trump just announced that they would be removing uh, thousands of more troops from Afghanistan and Iraq here uh, in this coming month. Uh, so we're still trying to get out of that war, but we do want to remember those who perished, those American citizens who died on September 11th, and those soldiers and, and sailors and members of the military who uh, died fighting uh, this war on terrorism uh, since September 11th. And... Um, and and the ones who are wounded as well, we you know we remember all of them because there's way more wounded than have died, and they live with that sacrifice for the rest of their lives. And and we're we're so thankful that President Trump has has done so much to fix the VA uh, so that those soldiers and sailors uh, and airmen and, and Coast Guard and everyone else can get uh, proper treatment. So just you know remember, take a moment today and say a prayer. And uh, thank God that our country was strong enough to overcome the attack that is on us and pray to God that we're strong enough to overcome the attack that's on us right now, which is coming not only from abroad, but from within. Uh, this is certainly an important day. As I said, you can listen on the radio, and those who are listening on the radio, welcome to you. We're so glad to have you. I have some very important things to tell you today. Uh, this show is really about all of us, you and I, you know, working to defend our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity, and our constitution, and our nation, and our way of life. That's what we do here. This show is not just about talk. It is about action, and I will ask you to take action today. And, and if you love America, I expect that you will take action, because now is the time there is no more important time in the history of America for we the people to take action. 
For those of you who are listening on the podcast, welcome to you from around Ohio and around the nation. And if you miss the radio show on Friday, you can always watch the podcast. And the radio show is 26 minutes. The podcast is always at least an hour. And lately, they've been going an hour and 10, an hour and 15 minutes. You can do that by going to wethepeopleconvention.org, clicking on the little yellow uh, button on the front, and it will show you all the stations that we're on in Ohio, including their links on iHeartRadio, so you can listen on your phone, not just over the radio. But it'll also give you links to iTunes, where you can listen to the podcast. Uh, it'll give you links to YouTube, where you can see the video podcast. And it will, you can play the video right on our website at wethepeopleconvention.org. And all past editions, they're all listed in the archives. You list, look, click on the playlist on the player, and it'll list the previous shows. And we do that so that we can't be censored. We do that because those videos are on our servers and Google and YouTube and Facebook and those people cannot censor us. And that's part of the reason why we do this show, so that we can speak to you without censorship while we try to fight back and end the censorship by big tech in our country. And uh, we have not done enough of that yet, but we're going to be doing more, I assure you. So welcome to everyone who's joined us for the show. Now, I really can't tell you how much I appreciate your calls and your emails. Uh, for those of you who have called or written, you know that I reply to everyone. I don't think I've missed any emails or, or phone calls. Uh, those I do know that some of the emails, when I reply to you, they go into spam or Gmail puts you in this thing called promotions. And, and so they're trying to stop me from being able to talk with you. That's why on the front page of the We The People Convention website, I ask you to give me your email and your phone number because I'm doing way more texting now. So I'm sending you messages saying, here's a link, and that's really a link to the email or to a story on our website. Because Google and Facebook and Yahoo and, and all those people can't block that, AOL. So that's what we're doing. But what's been coming to me lately and is so important is the confusion you have about this election and how to vote. Now, I'm hearing things that are saying that 40% of Ohioans are going to vote using absentee ballots. Most people don't even know the difference between absentee ballots and this mail-in voting that, that they're talking about on the media all the time. We do not have vote by mail in Ohio. The governor misuses that. Sometimes Frank LaRose misspeaks that. There's other elected officials, including Board of Elections officials, who are talking about vote by mail. Here's the difference. What the left is doing, what they call vote by mail or mail-in voting, is that they are mailing out to everyone that ha they have in the registered voter list an actual ballot. They're just mailing it out. And, and then anyone who gets that ballot can fill it out and send it back in. That's wrong. That's what, where the fraud is coming from. We don't have that in Ohio and in a lot of states. We have absentee voting. Why is that different? Well, with absentee voting, and I showed you last week that many of you are getting cards from the Trump campaign, from your board of elections, that has an application to get a ballot. So in absentee balloting, you have to first mail in a request for a ballot, and then the board of elections sends you your ballot, and then you fill it out and you send it in. That's completely different than sending out millions of ballots 
to people who don't live in your state anymore, who are dead, who used to live at that address and haven't for 10 years. Do you see the difference? So we don't do mail-in voting in Ohio. We do absentee voting. But now, I want to be totally clear with you. You don't need to vote absentee. Why? Because there's a risk of voting absentee that your vote won't be counted. And we have in-person voting for 28 days before the election. So you don't have to use an absentee ballot, and you should not. You should plan to go, if you're worried about coronavirus, put on your mask and go to your board of elections and vote in person on the machine and you know that it got counted. That's the best way to do it. And if you do that, folks, 28 days, 15 days, 10 days before the election, there's not going to be a huge crowd there. It's it's no different than going to the grocery store. There's no danger even if you are worried about the coronavirus. Vote in person. That's what you need to do. And you can vote in person on election day in Ohio. Do not use a mail ballot unless you absolutely have to. Now, if you have to do absentee balloting, if you have to do that, for whatever reason is your reason, here's a couple things you need to understand. Number one, do it really early. Don't wait. Number two, Don't put it in the mail. Go to your board of elections and all 88 county boards of elections have a drop box. You can pull up, you don't have to go inside, and you drop it in the drop box. Why is that important? Because I'm going to show you stories where the mail is being delayed, it's being lost, it's being sabotaged, and you don't want to be in that situation. So if you have to vote absentee, send in the form now. Send it in now. They will mail out the absentee ballots on October 3rd. Fill it out, drive to your board of elections, and drop it off. Now, that's not your polling station. I'm talking about your county board of elections. Number two, if you're going to put your absentee ballot in the mail, you should do so at least 15 days ahead of the election. And there's no excuse not to. You know who you're going to vote for. So get it done. But it has to be postmarked by November 3rd. So that's the last day that the post office has to stamp it and saying, you know, received. And it has to be before November 3rd. Now, here's an important other piece of information. If you go on election day, let's say you ask for an absentee ballot. So you send in the form. You set it to your board of elections and say, give me an absentee ballot. They mail it to you. And for whatever reason, you know, it's confusing. You've never done it before. You hold on to it. You cannot come to your polling place on election day and vote in person because they have you down as having an absentee ballot. So you can fill that absentee ballot out. And on election day, you can take it to the board of elections, not your polling place. And you can put it in the slot. But if you come to your polling location on election day, they're going to make you vote provisional. And that means your ballot's not going to be counted. It's not going to be counted until after all the ballots are cast, and then they're going to certify the election. You don't want to have that happen. Okay, so I hope I'm helping you here understand what's going on. 
The bottom line is, avoid the problem. Vote in person. Don't get wrapped up in all this stuff. There's no reason to. The media is trying to scare you. Don't let them scare you. We're Americans. We're not going to be afraid. We're going to be strong. So go to the Board of Elections starting October 6th, 28 days before the election, and you can vote in person on a machine. That's what you should do. Now, they're telling us you know, that the majority of people are going to vote early, and, and that's, that's a good thing. I got no problem with that. You should do that, okay? That's important. But, but doggone it, we got to get people registered to vote. You know, and I've been telling you all along, you go to voteohio.gov. You just pull that up on your phone and you can register to vote. Now you're saying, well, people are registered to vote. We don't have to do that. Baloney. Look at this article I just came across this week. 30 to 50% of licensed hunters don't vote regularly. More than 35% of them did not vote in the 2016 or 2018 election. What the heck's going on here? Okay, and sadly, a third of licensed hunters aren't even registered to vote. And it says, this this guy that wrote the article says, I'm realizing that many of the problems that that have put hunters on the endangered species list, people who are anti-hunting voters have selected officials, elected officials, who are making laws and regulations that directly impact traditional American values. This includes the dangerously rapid reduction of Americans who hunt. It's your own fault. How many of you know someone that hunts? I'm begging you, ask every single one of them this day, today. Call them up and say, Bill, Bob, Judy, are you registered to vote? I know you hunt and fish. Ask them right to their face. And if they aren't, you get your say, open your phone right now. Go to voteohio.gov, voteohio.gov. Click right on the thing that says register to vote and register right now because it's your future, your freedom that depends on that. Come on, wake up. Your very way of life is being threatened. you got to at least be smart enough to and go vote. So I thought it was very interesting uh, this week because um, they, the post office is getting a lot of heat, as you know, because we just talked about the whole mail-in voting thing. And they actually, I got a card today in the mail that talks about, uh, if you plan to vote by mail, plan ahead. And it says, you know, start early, you know, request your mail-in ballot, and mail it at least 15 days before election day, right? So that was pretty good. And I got to tell you, I've got a little bias here. My father was a postmaster. And so my family's had, you know, the post office has been in our lives, you know, most of my life as a young adult. And the post office is firing back at local election officials. And I think this is great because everybody's saying, oh, the problem is the mail. The problem is the mail. Okay. But it's not the mail. That's what I keep saying. This idea that if you vote by mail and the post office doesn't deliver it on time, that it's their fault? That's like saying the dog ate your homework, right? If you're going to vote in person and your car breaks down, that's just tough luck. If you vote in the mail, if you do absentee voting or in other states, if you do this stupid vote by mail thing and you mail it in too late and they don't deliver it, your vote shouldn't count. You're not being disenfranchised. But I thought the post office had some pretty good points. The U.S. Post Office, uh, under Democratic fire on its readiness for mail-in voting, says there are big problems on the other end as well. 
The inspector general said that in 2018, 31 million ballots were cast by mail, but only 4 million or 13% used mail tracking technology. The gap comes despite the Postal Service repeatedly telling election boards over the years to make sure pieces can be tracked. USPS also has been urging canvassing boards to ensure that they have correct addresses for voters to avoid huge numbers of ballots being returned unopened. We all know the voter rolls are not even close to accurate. In Ohio, there are hundreds of thousands, if not a million people on the voter rolls who are not in Ohio anymore. Either they died or they moved. The inspector general also said boards are using envelopes that can cause the ballot to be sent back to the voter instead of counted by at the board of elections because the envelope has two addresses on it, so it confuses the post office. So when it, when the person you know isn't there, they return it to the person who isn't there. Uh, boards are planning on sending out ballots too close to election day for carriers to meet the state deadlines. Officials should mail ballots at least 15 days before November 3rd, yet 48 states let voters request absentee ballots inside that time span. So get this. So you're a business and you're going to use the post office or FedEx or UPS to ship your product to your customers who need to get them on time and you don't even take the time to ask FedEx or UPS or the post office, how long it'll take to get there. Can you be any dumber than that? Can you be any dumber than that? States have no consistent policies for updating voter lists. This can cause absentee ballots intended for voters to be returned to election officials as undeliverable. And then that person who may be a, a valid voter doesn't have any time to vote. It's crazy. And so what happens? Yeah, here's a story. Georgia. 1,000 people voted twice in the state primary. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger said Tuesday that 1,000 Georgians voted twice in the state's June 9th primary, a felony that he said would be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. This, This year, folks, this June, these voters submitted absentee ballots but also voted in person, a problem that happened across Georgia's 100 counties, and election officials didn't catch them in time to keep the second votes from being tallied. A double voter knows exactly what they're doing, diluting the votes of each and every voter that follows the law, Raffensperger said. Those that make the choice to game the system are breaking the law, and as Secretary of State, I will not tolerate it. It was not immediately clear whether the outcome of any races may have been affected. This is what the left wants to do. This is how they rigged the election. Get this, about 150,000 of Georgia's voters who requested absentee ballots for the June primary later showed up and voted in person. Don't let this happen to you. Vote in person early or on election day, and you don't have to worry about it. Your vote's going to get counted. All right, we're going to take a break. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion radio show and podcast, and I'm Tom Zawistowski. Buckeye Firearms Association is Ohio's number one gun rights organization, protecting the rights of Ohio's 4 million gun owners. And you can get our weekly gun rights newsletter free. Receive breaking news and urgent alerts on gun laws. Stay up to date on self-defense and shooting sports. Discover pro-gun activities and events near you. Get your free gun rights newsletter now at bfanews.org. That's bfanews.org. bfanews.org. 
The Buckeye Institute was founded in 1989 and we're the longest serving free market think tank in the state of Ohio. My goal is removing barriers to prosperity that have been put in place by government. We want for Ohio to be the freest and most prosperous state in the country. The Buckeye Institute is a source of common sense ideas that will have an impact on the nation as well as the state of Ohio. All right, so we're going to continue now with the show. And as you know, if you've been listening the past few weeks, we, the people uh, in the Tea Party movement in Ohio, are fully engaged in this election, and we are on offense, and we are doing fantastic. And and I've talked to you over and over about the efforts we're making with the NRA, and I know that many of you listening to the show are doing the texting for the NRA. Many of you are doing the door knocking for the NRA. Uh, I was talking to David Conti uh, this week, getting ready for the show, for any updates that he needed me to share with you. And he was telling me that because they're hearing these estimates that 40% of people are going to be voting uh, early, that causes another problem. If that many people are voting early, then you got to contact them earlier and see in political campaigns, and I've run multiple congressional races and races for judgeships and county commissioners and things like that. I've been their advisor, or campaign advisor. You know, there's a bunch of things you do, okay? One of them is called absentee chase. And what that means is that when you order an absentee ballot, when you send that letter in saying, please send me an absentee ballot, at the Board of Elections, they mark the date that they send that to you. And when you send in your ballot, they mark the date that they received your ballot. So what politicians do, which every candidate does and should do, is they can pull every day from every county board of elections in their district the list of people who were sent absentee ballots. And what they do is they typically do a robocall or they do a, uh, a postcard or they mail them something or they might even knock on that door and say, I need your vote. Well, through the NRA... We're going to be actually doing absentee chase. They're building into their technology to pull from all 88 Ohio counties and everybody that requests an absentee ballot, we're going to start text messaging them. So if you want to get in on that, that's going to be an important task we need to do. You can do so by just texting to David Connie at the NRA. Text to this number, the number is 703-708-4664. 703 708 4664, and you can text the letters P2P, which means peer-to-peer, P, the number 2, the letter P, or you can text D2D, door-to-door, the letter D, the number 2, the letter D. You just text that to 703-708-4664. That will get you enrolled, and that will help us contact the voters that we're trying to get out for this election. And we're doing that all over the country, not just in Ohio, because the NRA is using the Ohio team, which is the biggest and strongest team in the country, to work in the other battleground states. So keep on volunteering for that, all right? Do it today. Next thing you know, we were talking about is we're doing these Trump train road rallies. And on September 12th, uh, if you're watching the podcast, I've got a map up, but you can go to freeohionow.com, freeohionow.com, and you can uh, look at the map of all the counties that are having Trump train road rallies. And at these Trump train road rallies, 
Uh, we're having one in Portage County, and, and there are going to be lots of counties all over Ohio. And we're doing these things where you just get in your car, you decorate them with Trump information. And what we're doing is we're putting signs from all the local candidates on our cars, too, and streamers and all kinds of stuff, trucks with you know signs in their bed and all that. And we're just driving all over our county to show people that we support President Trump, but we also support these other candidates. Because what's our goal? What did I talk to you about last week? I said, we must get the Trump voters to vote down ticket, meaning vote for all the Republicans, not because all the Republicans are the greatest candidates we ever wanted. They're not, but because they're better than Democrats. And our goal is to defeat every single Democrat communist we can defeat. So you got to vote down ticket. Now, there was a road rally I thought that was really fun uh, in uh, along the Indiana-Ohio border this week where they went 87 miles, and there were like a couple hundred cars driving around. It was fantastic. Now, but I want to make this point with you guys. You don't need me to tell you what to do. That's what we're about. We're about freedom, liberty, prosperity, right? You know the stakes. So you don't have to just go to freeohownow.com to figure out how to do a sine wave or a boat you know, regatta or a Trump train road rally. You don't need 200 cars. If you've got three members of your family, decorate your cars and drive around. If you just got a bunch of friends that you have coffee with and you grew up and went to high school with, grab some signs, go stand at the busiest corner in your, in your, your community. That's all you got to do. Just do something, right? Do something. And one of the things we've been doing that's been great is we've been doing these barn billboards. It's been unbelievable. We now have 65 of these up around Ohio, okay? And and it's just been awesome because we're going to get like a million impressions a week that say vote for Trump 2020. Your Keep America great. Your family's security depends on it, Okay? Because people are afraid of what the, the communists are going to do. What they're doing in Portland and Chicago and Seattle and L.A. and New York. No one wants that. And this sign has just been great. Now, i got to tell you, we're running out of money. Okay? 65 signs. We spent thousands and thousands of dollars to do that. I need donations to keep doing this. So if you can do that, go to wethepeopleconvention.org and donate so we can keep these signs going. Okay? It's really important. So, you know, you can do that. Now, if you want to sign, and if, again, we're trying, I know everybody wants signs, but I'm talking about big signs on barns and commercial buildings that are in really great high traffic areas. We're, we're buying exposures so we don't have to be on Facebook and Twitter, right? So if you have a, a building in that location, write to me at info at wethepeopleconvention.org info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Tell me about the size of the building, where it's located, and if it's big enough, I'll find the money if I got to take it out of my own pocket, okay? I I don't want to say don't do it. I just think it's important, okay? The last piece I want to talk to you about, you know, that we talked about last week is the whole issue about the poll workers, because if we want to vote in person, we have to have people to work the polls, right? So, I'm asking you to you know, go to the Secretary of State's website. Uh, SOS.gov is the, is the website of the Ohio Secretary of State. And go to the, uh, the county poll worker dashboard. 
And I, I talked to you about that last week, where you can pull up your county, hit the search menu, go to the, the poll worker dashboard, and it'll pull up your county, and it will tell you how many poll workers they need and how many they have and how many more they need. We need to fill those spots. I need you to fill those spots, okay? If we want to vote in person, we can't allow them to say, well, God can't do it. We don't have enough workers, all right? If that happens, that's our fault volunteer to work the polls you can vote early 28 days early and then you can just work on election and you get paid for it you get paid for it okay so let's do that because it's really important all right so i'm going to wrap it up for those of you on the radio uh you know i i hope that you learned some things that you needed to learn i hope that you feel better you know about you know the whole confusion between absentee voting and vote by mail we don't have vote by mail in ohio we only have absentee voting don't use it unless you're, you're in bed. You cannot leave your house. You're sick, okay? That's the only reason to use absentee balloting. That's what it was originally for. But you can't even have the excuse you're going to be out of the country or something because you got 28 days to vote. Go vote in person. Everything takes care of itself after that, okay? All right, and I ask you, please volunteer to help the NRA. Go uh, text to uh, 703-708-4664. That's important, 703-708-4664. Text them the words P2P or D2D so you can sign up for that. And, um, and then get out there and do your sine waves and row rallies because they're really important, okay? We'll be back again next week. You've been listening to the Weezy People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We The People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We The People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We The People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right, we're back. For those of you on the podcast, we greatly appreciate that. There was huge important big news this week and unfortunately i'm not sure most of you guys understand that okay now that's not a criticism of you i'm just saying that i i just think that people didn't really understand what was going on and and so now i'm going to go over it with you but this is really really important last friday after we had released our show president trump put out an order that banned the critical race training that was being done in uh, uh, our government to government employees, right? Now, I, had, I last week, I talked to you about the Tucker Carlson video where he had a guy on his show showing how every government employee has to go through this training that tells them that if they're white, they're racist and they're bad and American history is racist and America's bad. And, and we wrote a letter. Those of you, you know, who follow the show know that we sent out this letter, okay, to the president. And we said, we support the fact that you're, you know, that this guy is calling for you to end this practice. Now, I'm telling you, folks, this is so important because, like I told you, we're going on offense. What does that mean? Well, the first thing you got to do to stop the indoctrination 
of our children in school, of our college students in universities, of our government employees, of our of our of our employees at, at big corporations. Remember the Goodyear thing, right? Where they're going through this training and saying BLM is good and police are bad. Remember that? That comes from this critical race training, which is a Marxist attack on our society. Well, what could be more important than stopping it? What could be more important than that? So President Trump had a, a, put out an executive order, and it says it has come to President's attention that the executive branch agencies have spent millions of taxpayer dollars to date training government workers to believe divisive anti-American propaganda. For example, according to press reports, employees across the executive branch have been required to attend training where they are told that virtually all white people contribute to racism and where they are required to say that they benefit from racism because they're white. According to the press reports, in some cases, these trainings have further claimed that there is a racism embedded in the beliefs that America is the land of opportunity or the belief that the most qualified person should receive a job. We know that's true, We that they say that. We also know it's true that that's a lie. These types of trainings not only run counter to the fundamental beliefs for which our nation has stood since its inception, but they also engender division and resentment within the federal workforce. The president has directed me to ensure that federal agencies cease and desist from using tax dollars to fund these divisive un-American propaganda training sessions. Yes, Mr. President, yes. Uh, let's see. In the meantime, all agencies are directed to begin to identify all contracts or other agencies spending related to any training on critical race theory, white privilege, or any other training or pro- propaganda effort that teaches or suggests either one, that the United States is an inherently racist or evil country, or two, that any race or ethnicity is inherently racist or evil, including white people. In addition, All agencies should begin to identify all available avenues within the law to cancel any such contracts and to divert federal dollars away from these un-American propaganda training sessions. This is the biggest thing Trump has done. This is when we turn the corner. This is when we stop paying for the left to destroy our country. This is when we drive them out of our government. Listen to this video conversation with our good friend Peter Kersenow, the Cleveland attorneys on the Civil Rights Commission that he had with Tucker Carlson, and he will explain to you how important this is. Well, mandatory taxpayer-funded trainings on critical race theory are terrible for the country, obviously, telling people who are defending America that America is not worth defending. But they also may be illegal. The Civil Rights Act bans discrimination based on race, The federal government, of course, has been ignoring that for years. How much longer can they? Peter Kersenow is a commissioner on the U.S. Civil Rights Commission right now, and he joins us tonight. We're happy to have him. Uh, Mr. Kersenow, thanks so much for coming on. How is this, or how could this be illegal, do you believe? Well, it's not that it could be illegal. It depends on the configuration, but most of them that I've seen, and they've been going on for quite some time, they expanded exponentially during the Obama administration, especially after the Michael Brown Ferguson incident. There was another explosion after the George Floyd incident. Virtually every significant corporation, academic institution, public employer has these types of trainings, and they're getting much more aggressive, much more anti-American, much more anti-white. 
Um, and to that extent, they are prohibited by Title VII, which clearly prohibits many of the things that they're doing in these trainings, such as many of them segregate employees on the basis of race, flatly unlawful. Many of them subject certain employees based on race and sex because it's, it's um, uh, designed to also attack males to a large extent. If you do something like that, that's also prohibited by Title VII and also creating a racially or, or sexually hostile work environment, in this case mainly a racially hostile work environment, when you witness some of these trainings, they are truly extraordinary and astonishing. Not only are they based on a false narrative, but anyone who has to sit through them, are very, very many of them, are humiliated. Again, these programs aren't all the same, but many of them are so aggressive that they clearly transgress Title VII, and to some extent you may even say that they may be a violation of 42 U.S.C. 1981. Why aren't there more lawsuits? Good question. It's mainly because employees are cowed, they don't want to lose their jobs, they don't know their right. rights, and in the current BLM zeitgeist, they're cowed against doing anything that seems to be against the prevailing narrative. You will see employees sit meekly as they are being subjected to the most vile and hostile acts. It's going on across the country, and it's going to be going on for quite some time unless there's some type of intervention. I applaud the Trump administration. First time ever has any administration done anything like this to intervene. Extremely important because this is maybe the most pernicious ideology we've ever seen in the United States, and I'm not overstating that. In addition to being lucrative, they're politically advantageous for the left and the Democratic Party yeah. because they undermine the whole premise of the United States of America, which then permits for the undoing of those institutions because they are racist, and, and so on. Exactly. Because it undermines the entire premise of the United States of America. So nicely put, you're seeing the big picture, which we need to, I think, need to focus on. Peter Kirsten now. As- All right. There you have it. It undermines the very foundation of our country. And, and it's, it's just awesome that President Trump took this action and the left is freaking out about it, which tells you that we did the right thing. But you will also recall if you go to WeThePeopleConvention.org and click on that diversity training article under articles, you will see our letter to the president. Now, I took some credit because, you know, Tucker Carlson did the video calling for the president to, to end this critical race training. But we, in our letter, went further. In our letter to the president, we said, while this disturbing practice has been used by the Obama left to destroy American values among government employees and our military since 2008, it is also clear that they have been doing the exact same thing in our schools and in our corporations. Our organization would ask that the president issue a separate executive order uh, or ruling uh through the U.S. Department of Education, withholding federal funds from any school or school district or college or university that implements a similar critical race theory-based diversity training for teachers and or students. Why are we allowing Marxist indoctrination in our schools and universities and using tax dollars of patriotic America-loving taxpayers to do so? We urge the president to take this step as well and to do so immediately. There is no way that we can stop this coordinated communist attack on our nation if we do not first stop funding their efforts and give them the ability to execute their evil plans. And so I'm going to take a lot of credit here, okay, because this wouldn't have happened if we hadn't written our letter. The bottom line is that President Trump went out and not only did he get rid of the uh, the whole issue of of 
the critical race theory with our military thing, he also announced on Sunday that he is withholding federal funds from schools that teach the 1619 Project. This is unbelievable, folks. This is historic. This is what we've all wanted all along. President Donald Trump on Sunday warned the Department of Education is investigating the use of the New York Times 69 project in school, saying that institutions that use the alternative narrative of U.S. history could lose federal funding. The 1619 project created by Nicole Hannah-Jones, a big-time lefty, and widely panned by historians and political science, attempts to cast the Atlantic slave trade as a dominant factor in the founding of America instead of the ideals such as individual liberty and natural rights that it was indeed founded on. The Department of Education is looking at this, said Trump. If so, they will not be funded. Trump wrote on a Twitter Sunday responding to a post that said California had implemented the 1619 Project into the public schools and that soon you won't recognize America. President Trump acted on our letter. So I'm taking a lot of credit for that, that you and I had that idea. Now, in our letter, I also mentioned corporations. Why are we giving government contracts to Goodyear to teach communism to their employees? So I'm hoping that the next step is going to be that the president attaches something you know, to the uh, whole issue of, of government contracts to say, if you teach this nonsense, you're out. You don't get the contract. I'm going to try to get all of Steve Moore and see if we can make that happen. But here's the next thing that's got to happen. I sent out an email, and if you don't get my emails, you've got to sign up. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org, right in the front. Give me your emails. Give me your text, your phone number, so I can text you these emails. And I put out one that said, Will Governor DeWine follow President Trump's lead? The President of the United States in the past few days took decisive action to end the forced, racist, Marxist indoctrination of government employees and school employees and students in our nation. However, the Ohio State Board of Education is imposing these same baseless, unscientific, left-wing, racist, Marxist indoctrination upon teachers, administrators, students, parents, state employees, and contractors in order to, quote, ensure that America's white supremacy, racism, and the struggle for equality are accurately addressed with this rule that was passed in July. Okay? Now, I'm going to show you on the screen a part of that letter, all right, where they talk about resolve that the State Board of Education condemns in the strongest possible terms white supremacy, hate speech, hate crimes, and violence in the service of hatred. However, they will not condemn the self-admitted Marxists of Black Lives Matter or the Antifa organizations. Further resolve that the starting point of our work in racial equity must be reflected and internal internal examinations whereby the board will look for ways to engage our members in open and courageous conversations on racism, inequity, and white privilege. Ladies and gentlemen, white privilege does not exist. It is a myth. It has been totally debunked. Go online and search white privilege debunked, and you will see the scientific data that says that's bull. Second, Further resolved that the State of, uh, Board of Education shall offer training to board members to identify our own implicit bias. Implicit bias is another totally debunked theory. There is no such thing. 
And yet our State Board of Education passed a rule saying it's true when it's a lie. They continued, so that we can perform our duties to the citizens of Ohio without unconscious racism. There is zero evidence that unconscious racism exists. Okay? It just doesn't exist. And you know what? It's actually biologically impossible. Because if you have unconscious racism, your unconscious has to be talking to you in real time, in your conscious mind. And you know what? That doesn't actually happen. So there's no such thing as unconscious racism, okay? And that's what they're telling us to do to our kids. And so they're requiring training for all state employees and contractors working with the Department of Education to identify their own implicit biases so that they can perform their duties to the citizens of Ohio without unconscious racial bias. That's why this has to end, Governor DeWine. And I'm telling you right now, if Governor DeWine doesn't end this, we are going to write to the president and ask him to withhold funds from states, that education funds from states that participate in this racism, this Marxist indoctrination. So, Governor DeWine, let's see if you're an American or a Marxist. Let's see. Because the ball's in your court, my friend. This has got to stop at every level. And I'm hoping to have hotlines set up in the Department of Education and with the, in the, in the, with the president where you as an employee or you as a parent, if your kids are being indoctrinated in your school, you'll be able to call a hotline and report it and have funds withheld from that school for doing that. If you're an employee of a company, I want to have a hotline set up so you can report that your company is forcing you. And as you heard Peter Kirstenau in that video, it's illegal. They can't do that to you. They cannot segregate you by race and attack you. They have no right to do this. Let's bring the force of the Justice Department down on these corporations. Let's crush them. Do not put up with this at all. So hopefully in the weeks to come, I'm going to have some hotline numbers for you. Let's report it everywhere. Let's call this out for what it is. It has nothing to do with race. It has to do with communism. And it's got to end. We are on offense, brothers and sisters, fellow patriots. We are on offense. And we are not going to stop. We're going to drive communism out of this country. As I've told you before, if you are, if you say you are a communist, a Marxist, or a socialist, or if we find that you are by your actions, you should be deported or charged with sedition because you are not an American. And it is our job as Americans to drive this cancer out of our society. And this is the beginning, and you should be saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, that the president did this and that we're going to get it done elsewhere. We are now big time on offense. So I'm going to take another short break. You're listening to the We the People Convention, news and opinion radio show and podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. This is Jordan Seculo with the American Center for Law and Justice. At the ACLJ, we are committed to fighting the deep state and protecting freedom. 
the right to life, religious liberty, and fighting for the Constitution. The ACLJ has experienced tremendous success in litigating cases at all levels of the judiciary, from the federal district court level to the Supreme Court of the United States. We have offices in Washington, D.C., Jerusalem, and all around the world. You can find out more about the ACLJ and join us by visiting aclj.org. All right, and we are going to continue with our show because there's a lot more to talk about. And I have been telling you, right, what have I been saying about, you know, the Democrats? There is no Democrat Party. And and anyone that casts a vote for any Democrat is voting to aid the overthrow of our government and the destruction of our country by the communists. Don't be a commie. Don't vote for any Democrat. So you want some proof? Here's some proof. I sent this out as an email this week. Here's a story revealed. Kamala Harris, the vice presidential candidate in the Democrat Socialist Communist Party, her husband's firm represents Chinese Communist Party and owns uh, corporate employees who are, uh, ex- are members of the Communist Party. Okay? So let me go into a little detail on this. So there's a firm named D.L. Piper, a multinational law firm. It boasts nearly 30 years of experience in China and over 140 lawyers dedicated to China. Okay? Uh, China Investment Services Branch. Harris's link, Kamala Harris's drink to the company, are found with her husband, Douglas Emhoff, who has served as a partner in the firm's intellectual property and technology practice and its media, sports, and entertainment sector since 2017. D.L. Piper boasts of having long-established and embedded China desks in both U.S. and Europe to assist their China-focused consulting, prompting questions about the firm's potential proximity to the White House could be leveraged by D.L. Piper, exploited by the Communist Chinese Party, or represent a financial conflict of interest. Okay, and for the vice presidential candidate to facilitate D.L. Piper's China practice, which has received countless prestigious awards from the China Business Law Journal and the China Law and Practice. The company employs a host of former Chinese Communist Party officials. Ernst Yang, who serves as the firm's head of litigation and regulatory department and co-head of the International Arbitration Division, was appointed to the Chinese People Political Consultant Conference in 2013. The CPPCC serves as the top advisory board for the Chinese Communist Party, and Yang was promoted to the board's standing committee in 2019. Well, isn't that just cozy? Isn't that just cozy that the vice presidential candidate's husband is paid by money from the Communist Party and China, right? Oh, but, you know, okay, so you don't think that's a problem? Let's let's go to the next story. Hunter Biden, Tide Fund, helps Communist China obtain a Michigan auto parts maker. Co-buyer AVIC, identified as a front for China's military and sanctioned before the Obama administration approved the Biden-connected sales, okay? So here's what the story is. An investment fund named Bohai Harvest RST, partly owned and directed by Biden's son, Hunter, and Secretary of State John Kerry's stepson, Chris Hines, had just a few years earlier played a vital role in facilitating the sale of the Michigan-based auto parts maker, Hanages Automotive, to one of China's main military aircraft Makers, Aviation Industry, Aviation Industry Corporation of China, or AVIC. That 2015 transaction, approved by the Obama administration and its Committee on Foreign Investments in the United States, the CFIUS, 
Who remember them? Also approved Hillary Clinton selling 20% of our uranium to the Russians? Yeah, same group. Just uh, came 15 months after the United States publicly added one of AVIC's subsidies, subsidiaries to a Commerce Department blacklist, um, which is you know, where they say you can't sell U.S. goods to these blacklisted companies. That deal was done after this AVIS was put on that list. And just months before the Obama administration resumed patrols of the South China Sea because of increased military, Beijing's military aggression in the region where the AVIC-built military jets partake in the China activities. The timing has left many, including Senate Finance Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley, questioning whether the CFIS decision whitewashed security concerns because the vice president's son was involved in the transaction. Those concerns were heightened in this June when the Pentagon listed the entire AVIC conglomerate on a list of companies subject to future sanctions because of its ties to the People's Liberation Army. The Democrats are the communists. There's no Democrat party. All of you out there who hear my voice, your party is gone. It's bought and paid for by the Chicoms. You're a commie if you vote for any Democrat. Okay? Here's another reason why you should be concerned to support any Democrat. Antifa violence backed by powerful political entities who need to oppose it uh, to be exposed in order to stop it. Now, this is a very interesting story, and it's posted on wethepeoplekonvention.org, and it's a, a, this reporter for Fox News, her name is um, Laura Logan, okay? What caught my eye in this story, and I'm going to play you a clip from her uh, in a second. She, Laura Logan has been, worked for you know ABC, NBC, CBS, whoever it was. She was a foreign correspondent her whole life. And she has some pretty horrific stories about how she was attacked and sexually assaulted in Egypt, okay? But here's the deal. She has seen the U.S. and the CIA and the NSA overthrow communist regimes and dictatorships in Romania, Ukraine, places like that. And she brought up the fact that the tactics you're now seeing in Portland and Chicago and all over our country are the same deep state tactics. So not only did the deep state, meaning Brennan and Clapper and Comey, the FBI, the DOJ, the NSA, the CIA, not only did they illegally try to steal the election in 16, they are doing it again using the same tactics they use in Europe to overthrow communist regimes, to overthrow our government. Listen to this clip, man. Listen to what she's saying. Listen carefully. This is a really important point. There's there's a term, Brian, uh, these days that's been going around for the last few years called the color revolution, um, where, you know, which is really a standard term now for techniques to overthrow a government regime change pretty much is what it's known as. And those are the kind of tactics that you see um, at the moment because it brings together civil society organizations um, that supposedly you know, are functioning only in the name of social justice and other uh, causes, but maybe have another agenda as well, which is to overthrow a government. And certainly from speaking to uh, people who did this for a living for the US government, people who've been involved in this for a very long time, they see very similar tactics here. And that's why there's an, uh, there's an element of what 
what's been going on in the last few weeks that many law enforcement professionals, policemen, um, counterterrorism officials, national security officials, they see very clearly that um, this element that inserted itself into peaceful protests and turned them into riots, they're paid professional agitators and anarchists whose agenda is to see the elimination of the police, the elimination of prison systems, all of these things. And so for them, when you when you break it down, it's not really about race or racial, racial justice. It is for a lot of people, but not for the people who have been uh, burning you know, cities to the ground and using the same tactics in every single city right. and beating policemen with sticks. Of course, there's a criminal element, but there's a very organized element as well. And that's similar to what I've seen abroad. Yeah. See? See what she's saying? She's seen this before. These are actors within our own government, not just the Democratic Party. These are packed actors in the CIA, NSA. These are former people in these government groups who are commie sympathizers that are doing this. They need to be purged. And there's all these stories out there. You're hearing them where they're, they're, they're trying to intimidate you. Uh, left preps for civil war. The potential for violent conflict is high. So what are you hearing by Joe Biden? He's saying, now think about this. Think about how nuts this is. He's saying, if you want the riots to stop, elect me. Isn't that just like the mafia saying, if, if, if you want me to stop breaking the windows of your store, you'll hire me to do security? Isn't that exactly the same thing? They're trying to intimidate us. They're trying to say, now get this, what does this really mean? Get your head around this now. What this really means is that either you give up, surrender, don't fight me, or we're going to bring the fight to you. So what does that tell you? That tells you you better defend liberty. It tells you you're not going to reason with these people. They must be defeated. That means put in prison, deported, or killed. Yes, I said killed. These people will kill you. To stop them, we're going to need to kill them. I don't want to kill anybody, but I'll be damned if I'm going to let anybody take our country. And that's the bottom line. And so they're trying to intimidate us, but we're not going to be intimidated. We're going to take the fight to them, and we are taking the fight to them, and we're defeating them. That's why President Trump's actions are so important. That's why us working for the NRA is so important. That's why the Trump train rallies and the, and the billboard program and the, you know, the texting stuff. We're taking the fight to them and we're kicking their butts and we're winning. How do I know that? Well, here's a story that you're going to like, okay? President Trump, you know, the Biden campaign threats as Latino support fizzles in South Florida. Why is President Trump's Hispanic support growing? Why is it so strong? While many of Biden's Hispanic woes can be attributed to his unpopular policies in the direction of the Democratic Party, there is also much that Trump campaign is doing that is right. Uh, Joe Biden and the Democratic Party have a growing Hispanic vote problem, but don't take my word for it. The tagline of Biden's latest Spanish language ad blitz is, break up with Trump. Well, why would they be running ads saying break up with Trump if the Hispanics weren't with Trump, Right. In 2016, then-candidate Trump won 28% of the Hispanic vote, according to exit polls. Now, recent surveys by Pew and Emerson College show the president's national uh, ranking at 35 and 37%, respectively, among Hispanics. Either one would be the highest Hispanic vote total for a Republican presidential candidate 
since 2004. Interesting, right? Several factors drive the right's growing uh, success with Hispanic voters. First, Latinos recognize the president as a strong leader whose policies delivered record low unemployment and poverty levels for their communities before the global pandemic. Certainly one of the biggest challenges facing Biden is that the Hispanics lead the nation in creation of small new businesses while he and his party are pushing massive tax increases that would cripple workers and entrepreneurs. Our economic success uh, in the Hispanic economic success debunks the common leftist myth about opportunities in America, right? They're seeing it. In the Trump economy, they, they went out and started businesses and they were successful. Get this stat. This was huge when I read this. If the United States, 60 million Latinos were their own country, they would be, have $2.3 trillion in economic activity and would make them the world's eighth largest economy and the richest Latin American nation. The American Hispanic community is the most successful of any Latin American nation on the planet. And you're going to try to bring them the failed systems that every other Latin American country uses, like Cuba and, and Puerto Rico and, and, and Venezuela and, and the South American countries? These people are smarter than that. Latino entrepreneurs are also concerned about crime in their neighborhoods and are sensitive to the threat it poses to their families and businesses. The nation watched in horror while rioters looted and burned black and Latino-owned businesses this summer, a fact that did not go unnoticed by Hispanic Americans. Right? Much of Trump's policy agenda is popular with Hispanics. Scop operatives say that the Hispanics are natural GOP constituents because we are, they are hardworking, family-centric, and pro-life. This is all true, but they also resist the left's cultural edicts. Much of the president's broader policy agenda, including immigration, is popular with Hispanics. This is a fact that befuddles many political observers and some refuse to acknowledge on the left. Trump's going to win big because they, the left can't win without the Hispanic vote. He's going to have a bigger vote than 34%. He's going to get the most Hispanics ever, not since 2004. It's awesome. Then he pulled this stunt, and man, you got to love Donald J. Trump. you got to love Donald J. Trump, folks. <laughs> What's he do this week? He goes on TV and gives out 20 new names to his list of Supreme candidates, Supreme Court candidates, right? Remember when he did this in 2016, where he published the 20 people that he would use to pick from to pick Supreme Court candidates, and he picked Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, right? That was huge. For the evangelicals, that was the election. So what does Trump do? He puts out on a new list, an expanded list. Who does he include on the list? How about Tom Cotton from Arkansas, Ted Cruz from Texas, Josh Hawley from Missouri, and Attorney General from Kentucky, Daniel Cameron, who the left just hates, just hates. In his announcement of the names, Trump laid out the stakes. If the high court were to shift back for the liberal side, he said, Unfortunately, there's a growing radical left movement that rejects the principles of equal treatment under the law, Trump said, adding, if this extreme movement is granted a majority in the Supreme Court, it will fundamentally transform America without a single vote of Congress. 
Radical justices will erase the Second Amendment, silence political speech, and require taxpayers to fund extreme late-term abortion. They will give unelected bureaucrats the power to destroy millions of American jobs. They will remove the words under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. They will unilaterally declare the death penalty unconstitutional, even for the most depraved mass murderers. They will erase national borders, cripple police departments, and grant new protections to anarchists, rioters, violent criminals, and terrorists. Pow! Sock it to him, Mr. President. And guess what the best part is? He's now out calling for Joe Biden to name his 20. How's that? Joe Biden, what 20 people are you going to put on the Supreme Court? Joe Biden is in a no-win situation. Because if he doesn't do that, we'll assume the worst. And if he does do that, we'll know the worst. He's toast. Stick a fork in him. Joe Biden can't win anything. The only thing they can do is steal it. And believe me, we're working hard to make sure they don't steal it. Let me go to this other story here, and then I'll take another break. This is an interesting story. Republicans are knocking on voter doors, and the Democrats aren't. Will that have an effect on the 2020 outcome? And uh, Democrats think it's dangerous and unnecessary, or Republicans consider it safe and essential. And both agree that when it comes to in-person voter communication, neither side has ever experienced a dynamic like the one in this election. And if you remember, when you know we were talking back in April, May, June, the NRA had stopped doing door-to-door because of the COVID, and they didn't think people wanted to come to their door. But then they started to do it again in June and July. And many of you are doing that in Ohio through the NRA. You know, they're using, they're giving you the uh, computer map list. They're giving you the materials to drop at the door. And we're knocking on doors and we're having a great reception. So this is important. The ongoing coronavirus pandemic has created a stark divide in the way the ideological left and right have chosen to campaign this year, with liberals all but abandoning the traditional political tactic of sending staffers and volunteers door-to-door to talk with voters at home, commonly known as canvassing, while conservatives continue to do so with only relatively minor interruptions. Uh, over the summer... A time when canvassing operations traditionally begin in earnest to build relationships with targeted voters, National Democratic Aligned groups almost universally halted doing so. That includes Joe Biden's presidential campaign, Democratic House and Senate campaigns, and ideological allies like the unions AFSME or liberal grassroots groups like Indivisible. One outside group, the Progressive Turnout Project, attempted to start its canvassing campaign in June before bowing to internal pressure that the process put employees and voters alike in danger. See, the lefties believe the COVID will kill you, and they're afraid to go out. They're being politically correct. They're not being smart. Politically correct is stupid, normally. So they're proving. The Republicans, the approach is very different on the right. President Donald Trump's campaign, in conjunction with the Republican National Committee, began canvassing again in June, said officials with the re-election effort. The Ohio GOP-aligned Super PAC Congressional Leadership Fund said last week that it had begun a door-to-door effort in key districts. And Americans for Prosperity Action, a free market group funded by billionaires Charles and David Koch, started returning to voters' doors on a preliminary basis at the start of June. The absence of so many groups is evident in the neighborhoods that would usually draw heavy interest from both sides, said AFP President Tim Phillips. He recounted how last month he spent nearly half the day going door-to-door in North Carolina and didn't encounter any liberal canvassers, an experience he deemed a little weird. Again, we're not afraid. We're Americans. 
We will do what it takes. We're not going to be intimidated by diseases or lies or or Antifa or the communist Chinese. We're going to fight. By doing that, we're going to win. So they're making a huge mistake. We're fighting for liberty. We're fighting for our candidate. We're going to win. They're going to lose. Going to take one more short break before in the last segment. You're listening to the We the People Convention news and opinion radio show and podcast. And I'm Tom Zawistowski. Did you know that the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio is the largest statewide life group in the state? Are you tired of the compromised approach to pro-life legislation that has been the status quo for far too long? Since 2017, the efforts of the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio has changed that approach, closing loopholes and making pro-life laws enforceable. Visit rtlaohio.org or call 440-668-4049 for details. All right, welcome back to our final segment, and uh, we've got some interesting stories, kind of a hodgepodge of things, but things I want to get to. Uh, there's a story here uh, about Big Ten. This is a group called Trafalgar uh, Group Pollsters, says the Big Ten football cancellation is the most impactful thing in the presidential race. I found that interesting, and I know that President Trump has been really working hard to try to get the Big Ten to play. To Crawford Group pollster Robert Calhaley told the Kyle Olson Show this week that the cancellation of the Big Ten football season will be the most impactful thing in the presidential race. I thought that was pretty interesting. Imagine a Big Ten football fan sitting down on the couch to watch the SEC or ACC play and they ask, why are we not playing? Politicians who do not make it clear loudly and often that they oppose this decision will pay a political price. President Trump has been very vocal about his desire to start the season. But Breitbart News had previously reported that Joe Biden ally, Michigan Governor Gretchen Winmer, has been the lone governor holding up the season. I was also told that one roadblock to the new plan is the fact that Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer has been vehemently opposed to football being played at the high school and college level in the state this fall, Ohio State Insider Jeff Snook said. Kaheli told the Kyle Olson Show that 63.8% of undecided voters are very much in favor of playing football regardless of COVID concerns, and by a ratio of 4 to 1, undecideds were more likely to vote for Trump because he supports the start of the season. People can only take so much. This is a free country, he said. He said people like to be told what the smart thing is to do and be trusted to do that. So again, isn't that interesting how things affect you, how you make personal decisions about voting? And this is critical. He's talking about 63.8% of undecideds said that they should play, and at four... Four to one ratio, they would vote for Trump because he supports the football season. The evidence is unbelievable, folks. And this is big stuff. Here's some other big stuff. Mark Meadows said this week that additional documents spell real trouble for top FBI officials. Additional documents have surfaced as spell trouble for top FBI officials involved in the Obama administration's probe of uh, the Russia collusion, according to White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Additional uh, documents that I have seen, have, that I've been able to review, say that a number of the players, the Peter Strzok's, the Andy McKay's, the James Comey's, and even others in the administration previously are in real trouble because their willingness to participate in an unlawful act, and I use the word unlawful, unlawful, at best, 
I, it broke all kinds of protocols, and at worst, people should go to jail, as I mentioned previously. The comments show Peter Strzok's insistence in media interviews this week, promoting his new book that the FBI probe of the Trump campaign was legitimate and the president was compromised by Russia, may not be true. This is, this is just driving me nuts. You guys know that, you know, we've personally been involved with the, you know, Durham investigation with A.G. Barr. I've asked you to call the Justice Department. You have seen the videos with A.G. Barr. I believe his heart. I know that he believes in equal justice under the law. He says that he's going to prosecute people who've done wrong. But while Meadows is saying that new information has just come to light and Durham has it and he expects action to be taken... We also had Tom Fitton for Judicial Watch on this week saying he thinks that Durham's a scam, that Durham's been around for 16 months and hadn't done anything. And Tom Fitton thinks that they're not going to do anything. That worries me. I trust Tom Fitton. He's been around a long time. They know how the game is played. Now, Mark Meadows, is, you know, he's the chief of staff of the White House. So for him to be saying something like this doesn't help the president if it's a lie. So I don't know what's going on, but say a prayer. We need John Durham to charge some people. We need to get the news out. What happened in 2017-16? What, what happened in 2016 election and happened in 2017 after the election? So that the American people understand that it was our government that tried to steal the election, not just Hillary Clinton, who played a part. They paid for the steel dossier, okay? We need to know that. All right. Couple more stories, a little less, you know, heavy, but interesting. After rolling blackouts, California regulators vote to let gas powered plants stay open for a few more years. Ha! What an interesting thing. They were rolling blackouts in California last month on two consecutive days. The reasons for the blackout wasn't a mystery. There was a heat wave across the region as the sun went down and California's solar generation started to fade. The California independent system operators simply couldn't find enough power from other sources to meet demand. The blackouts were ordered to prevent the entire grid from entering a brownout. Several outlets, including NPR and the Wall Street Journal, made the point that California's push for green energy was partly responsible for the situation. In fact, the LA Times pointed out that California's Public Utility Commission has been warning about this exact scenario since last year. But at the time, critics of the extending the life of natural gas plants denied there was any danger of blackouts. Yes, California is an example. It is for what you should look at is why everything the Democrats are selling to you will fail. They are stupid. They believe their own ideology and not science. They are the science deniers. And you know what? Joe Biden, Hyden Biden, you know, President Trump's new name for him, Hyden Biden, he's the one, he said he's going to end fracking. You end fracking, you're going to have blackouts. And Joe Biden this week said, I'm not going to shut down fracking, except, Joe, there's video out there of you saying you're going to shut down fracking as early as last, you know, January, February, right? You're a liar, Joe Biden. Everyone knows you're a liar. The Democratic Party has no, does not have our best interest in hand, in their, in mind. They don't care about you. They care about power because they are communists. And that's all communists care about. They don't care about your individual freedom, liberty, prosperity. They care about ruling over you and telling what you can do. And that's why California is a failed state, because it's a communist state. You'll love this one. 
white professor who pretended to be black for years suspended from George Washington University. Okay? The professor who taught African-American history at George Washington University has been suspended for following a confession on social media that she had been pretending to be black most of her life. Jessica Crew will not teach any courses this semester while school authorities investigate her social media posts confessing the truth about her race. Truth had tried to pass as a black despite being white and Jewish for her whole career. She's a tenured professor. So let me get this straight. The critical race theory that President Trump just ordered ended in our government and in our schools and that we're trying to get Governor DeWine to to stop in Ohio schools and government and we're trying to get stopped in corporations. The critical race theory that says we are we, we are white and therefore we are racist and this country is so racist and systemic, it's so racist that we have white people who are lying in order to get black privilege. Not white privilege. This woman lied so she could be black because it was better to be black than to be white. And they're telling you we're racist. They're telling you you're racist. You get my, my drift? That's why we're so racist that there are no hate crimes. They have to make them up like the last 50 of them what were proved to be hoaxes, like Jesse Smollett, right? We're so racist that only 19 blacks were shot by police last year, and this year it's going to be probably only 10 or 12, and that's because they resisted arrest, they were breaking the law, and it was justifiable except for in a few cases where they're being prosecuted. Do you get the lie? White professor pretended to be black for years, so she could get black privilege. There is no white privilege. No one, no one is discriminated against more in the United States of America than black than white people today. Not blacks, not Hispanics, not gays, not trans, not anybody, but white people and boy, white men. Watch any TV commercial and see how they portray white men as stupid. Ignorant, immoral, bad husbands, bad fathers, incompetent fools. Yeah, think that's an accident? Where's the racism? Yeah, the racism's on the left. It's on the left. It's not on the right. Don't worry. We're fighting back. We're fighting back. Here's a local story that I I just wanted to mention because I think it's important. Hundreds attend rally to show support in Chardon, Ohio, which is up in northeast Ohio, just east of Cleveland, uh, for the Chardon football team after the blue flag controversy. Basically what happened in the first football game of the season at Chardon High School, a bunch of the team members carried the, the back the blue flags. And the reason they did that was because one of their coaches was one of the policemen who came into Chardon High School like 10 years ago to stop a mass murderer who was shooting students. See, the, the school loved the police when there was a shooter in their school, right? But when the team wanted to honor them and show their support for them, the superintendent sent an email to the community saying it was a racist symbol and would not be allowed. Can't make this stuff up. 
Hundreds of people showed up to show their support for law enforcement and the Chardon football team after they were told they couldn't display the thin blue line flag at future school events, leading to charge about a dozen Cleveland police officers and their families, who, by the way, lost one of their own officers just 24 hours before that, Detective Jason uh, Skirvinitz, who was 53 and was shot and killed in the line of duty. Yeah, nothing to see here. This demonstration is in support of the flag that represents police, which has come under fire in the district. The controversy erupted last week when several Chardon football players carried a thin blue line flag onto the field during the game. We're here to support the police. We need them. We need their protection. The fact that the superintendent stated this was a political move, what, what happened at the game, is wrong. It, it wasn't a political statement said uh, Chris Steibo, who attended the rally. However, the superintendent did believe the flag could be viewed as a political activity. You think? Yeah, I hope he gets fired. I hope the school board gets fired. I'm glad to see that people are active in Chardon, Ohio, because we need to push back on them. Because you know what? I'll bet you if you search the school, I bet you if you talk to the teachers, you're going to find them teaching that Black Lives Matter is something you should support. Oh, but that's not political. Only our support of the police is political. It's disgusting. We're fighting back. Here's another story. Attorney sues health department and school district over mask mandate. Zanesville, Ohio. A Zanesville attorney and her family are challenging a recent order signed by Ohio Governor Mike DeWine mandating students wear um, masks throughout the school day to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Last week, Janet Mull, her husband Gary, and their school-aged sons filed suit in Muskingum County Common Pleas Court against the Ohio Department of Health, the Zanesville Muskingum Muskingum County Health Department and East Muskingum Local School District asking it to lift the mask mandate. In her complaint, Mole argued that the actions taken by the state and local agencies are unconstitutional. They are the parents of two children, 11-year-old, fifth grader, and a nine-year-old third grader. In requiring that Ohioans uh, to include in minor children wear masks, including for the duration of their school day and bus rides to and from school each day, defendants continue to endanger and obstruct rather than advance Ohio's health, all while having continually overinflated the risk to, of harm to the general public and minor children in particular. In the complaint, Mole pointed out to the Ohio Constitution stating that legislative power of the state is vested solely in the Ohio General Assembly and that they have delegated this authority to the Ohio Health Department, which is unconstitutional. So we'll see how that case goes forward. But again, we're fighting back. We're not just accepting it. Got one more story, then we're going to wrap this up. And this is kind of a fun story. As you may have heard this week, President Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize by a Norwegian lawmaker, which just got everybody going nuts. A Christian Tyberg Gajende, a member of Norway's parliament, said he submitted the nomination. It is for his contribution to peace uh, between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, and it's a unique deal, he told Reuters. I think Trump has done more trying to create peace between nations than most other Peace Prize nominees. Oh, man, is that going to get him upset? Israel and the UAE agreed last month to establish full normalization relations. Leaders of both nations said Trump played a major role in the agreement. Yeah, remember when Barack Obama got the Nobel Peace Prize as soon as he was sworn as president? Yeah, he got it for being black. That's what he got it for. He did nothing except help ISIS, help Iran, the biggest you know purveyor of terrorism in the world, right? How many wars did Barack Obama do, put us into overseas? Donald Trump, remember ISIS? 
See, this is what's so difficult, people. We don't realize. We keep forgetting. Donald Trump has done so much good, we can't even keep track of it. Understand, when Donald Trump was sworn in, ISIS was burning live people in cages, was drowning children, was beheading Christians, right? Just think about that, all right? Think about that. And then North Korea. Obama told Donald Trump that North Korea would be his biggest problem. And what happened? Donald Trump met with them and diffused the problem. North Korea hasn't done anything. And here's another story that you didn't hear. You probably didn't hear this. Got, just got lost. Another major deal. President Trump brought together Serbia and Kosovo. President Trump went and met with Serbian President Alexander Vucic and Kosovo Prime Minister Avula Hotai at the White House on Friday where the leaders announced a historic commitment to economic normalization between Serbia and Kosovo. And, and uh, Serbia is a, uh, or Kosovo is a majority Muslim state, and they're willing to start talking to Israel about more peace. More peace. Okay? So here's Trump, who has defused the Middle East. We're taking troops out of, uh, we took our troops out of Syria completely. We defeated ISIS, right? We've shut down Iranians' influence. We, we killed their lead terrorist guy. We're taking troops out of Afghanistan and out of Iraq. He's negotiated this deal with between Israel and the UAE and with Kosovo and Serbia. You think he deserves a peace prize? You bet he deserves a peace prize. No American president has deserved it more. These are huge things. So be be positive. We're going to win. As long as we do our jobs, as long as we fight back, we're going to win. Okay? And I'm glad you listened to the show today. I hope you will tell more people. We just aren't getting enough, you know, followers. We're not getting enough people to watch, despite my efforts, you know, through text and emails and, you know, Facebook and Twitter, which are, you know, blacklisting us. That's not working. So tell other people about this podcast and the radio show. Let them know. And then send me your comments and, and story suggestions at info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Okay, it's really important. A bunch of the stuff you saw today and heard today came from you. This is our show. This is where you come for the truth. This is where we aren't censoring. This is where we know where we stand and we know what to do. We've given you the tools to fight. You don't even need them. Like I said, you don't need me to tell you what to do. Get some people together and do a sine wave. Decorate your cars and do a Trump train. You know, call the NRA and, 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 and sign up to do the texting. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. You can do that by going to wethepeopleconvention.org. You can see the, look in the article for the uh, article about the convention. We've got all the information you need. Okay? The bottom line is we're doing well. we got to keep doing well. Our nation is in peril. We must all decide what we're willing to pay for freedom. Because we sure as heck know it's not free. I'm willing to pay the price of freedom. I believe you wouldn't be watching this podcast if you weren't willing to pay the price of freedom. So let's let's get her done, okay? So we're going to break it for now. We'll be back again next week. You're listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast. And I'm Tom Zawistowski.